we live in a sense of, of, of dualism, the separation between I and other. And this, of course, is understood as a complete misunderstanding of our true nature. We are absolutely an integral part of this broader divinity. Curvan suggests it's been 13.8 billion years in the making that brings us to the present and to this threshold of the potential for merging macro and microcosmic dimension. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Fiveson. Today we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, Mr. Judson Davis, PhD. Judson is an internationally recognized depth psychologist and spiritual counselor who has really spent his whole life and many years exploring the interplay between psychology, spirituality, and cross-cultural studies. With a doctorate of philosophy in East-West psychology, from the California Institute of Integral Studies and a master's degree in counseling psychology from the Pacifica Graduate Institute, he has taught at several universities worldwide. Judson is also an accomplished author and filmmaker, having produced documentary films and authored numerous publications on topics related to psychology, spirituality, and culture. In this episode, we will be discussing the reemergence of the Divine Feminine and its relationship with Chris Bache's work with LSD and healing personal and collective trauma. Additionally, we will dive into how these topics complement or challenge the perspectives of Anne Baring and Jude Kuravan. Join us as we explore the fascinating intersections between psychology, spirituality, psychedelics and culture and look at the divine feminine ladies and gentlemen please welcome judson davis judson davis hi how are you so good to see you again my friend i am very happy to see you keith and very much looking forward to our, our chat today i think we're going to be going into some very interesting material Oh, well, you know, I'm I'm really, I was very excited to have you back because you're one of the few people that I feel like we can kind of unpack a whole bunch of other areas, you know, whether or not it's uh, talking about a mandala, talking about P T Tibetan Buddhism, talking about quantum physics or the nature of reality, or in this particular case, really starting to unpack uh, the idea of creation or the idea of the divine feminine and uh you know i want to kind of get into that today because you know going from the alpha to the omega really looking at you know uh shunyata looking at the whole idea of infinite beingness uh you know i'm i'm talking about a lot of stuff here <laughs> you know uh so so tell me what what have you been up to and uh you know how does what you're doing now relate to some of the things that we've been talking about and how we how, how can we kind of dive into some of these deeper topics because you know we know each other um we we know each other through uh certainly through linkedin through introductions with my miles neal uh i know your work i've read your work and you know, you're really kind of looking to unpack the nature of reality in a in a in a in a big way, 
And we kind of talked a little bit before about the microcosm and the macrocosm and how do we kind of show up in this world given all the, the cesspool of trauma that so many people are dealing with and so many people are trying to navigate their way through so that they can really show up as authentic beings while they're still, you know, pardon the expression, shoveling shit against the storm, you know. So um, give me give me a sense of how we can kind of maybe dive into some of these topics here, because Chris Bache is a is a big part of what we want to talk about uh, and Baring uh, and Jude uh, Kuravan's work. Uh, so, um, you know, maybe we can start with some of that and get some perspective around how this all kind of fits. Yeah. Does that sound good? Right. Wonderful. And the authors you mentioned, um, for me have been a tremendous influence, um, for some time now, but more recently I'm seeing this wonderful convergence between the work of Christopher Bache, um, and his 20 year uh, experiential encounter with LSD psychotherapy and the different um, remarkable dimensions and uh, beings that he encountered in the, in the course of this process. It's a total game changer in the sense of understanding the broader connection between the microcosmic aspect of earthly existence and the, the broader regions of the macrocosm, where we originate from and where we're headed and, and whether or not this life that we live as human beings and as planetary citizens is actually on some level predestined. If there is a creative intelligence at work that has been present from the very beginning of our universe mm -hmm. until the present. and. Um, this is something that Jude Kuravan, in her uh, capacity as a, a leading cosmologist and uh, quantum physicist, has traced and beautifully articulated in her work. Um, the story of Gaia is her most recent work. Um, the cosmic hologram preceded that just a few years ago, and this is a fascinating study. Um, uh, dating back to the very origin of our universe and her understanding of um, the divine feminine, this creative intelligence, this kind of mother of the universe, if you will, that has been guiding and creating and un unveiling this process of evolution from simplicity to increasing levels of complexity and more recently on this great multi-billion year process, human beings have arisen mm -hmm. as the most complex uh, form of life. And there are great implications to that as far as the fulfillment of a kind of original plan for the merging of earthly existence with its divine origin. This is something also that um, Anne Baring speaks about. Um, she comes at it as a world-renowned scholar of religion and um, uh, mythology. And she traces mm -hmm. the origins of the goddess culture mm -hmm. on Earth, which was a celebration of the sacredness and unity of all of life. Mm -hmm. of which human beings are a mere part. 
and the manner in which over the course of many centuries we veered away from this sense of the sacred feminine of being children of the great mother and moved into a male dominated and largely um, conflict oriented mindset which uh, we are still dealing with now in the 21st century although we are seeing now a return uh, to an appreciation on different levels from different disciplines, right. including these three very primary influences. Right. And so it's a very, very interesting time to be alive. Right. It's fascinating, though, uh, you know, when we start taking a look at this, because I, I really do believe, as as you say, that we're moving towards a more matriarchal understanding, away from the patriarch, uh, an understanding of the decolonization, if you will, of mindset from you know the systems that really have plagued literally plagued the planet uh you know have uh, uh, been a virus to so many species and so much of the food supply the water supply the air supply and so on and so forth all these things are maya all these things are earth all these things are divine they are our existence they're where we come from where that's where we're going and yet at the same point you know i think the the real question is 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 it uh is this idea of the divine feminine or understanding of the divine feminine really um understood you know is it is it understood by i i think there's this new consciousness raised ra being raised but there's a difference i think between what um as i read it between what bearing and turavan's work talks about emphasizing the earth as a living being as a living you know as a as a living being as a central theme versus Beisha's work right and and how you know that's much more of a universal theme or much more of it, it doesn't exclude it but it's sort of it seems to me more theistic in some respect perhaps um can you speak to that can you talk to that if am, am i wrong about that or where you know, I'm 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 just kind of making the stuff up as I go along. <laughs> well, these are these are wonderful considerations, and I think they're they're very important questions. And I think we're finding out uh, as we go, um, mm -hmm. as these realizations and this this uh, broader contextual understanding between different disciplines continues to present itself and to to overlap and to merge. Um, I do see correlations between the work of all three authors. I think Bosch uh, uniquely, because of the, the sheer um, intensity and depth and variety of his uh, experiences in innumerable dimensions, is um, especially, especially um, relevant from, a, a, as you said, a macrocosmic context. Mm -hmm. Although certainly Jude Curavan goes there um, with quantum, quantum mm -hmm. uh, physics and, and cosmology. But Beish is, from a theistic standpoint, I think a, a tremendous source of insight. If you don't mind, I'd like to read a, a short quote of his, which I think gives some background to his perspective in, in this regard. This is um, sometime into his 20 year journey. Um, as many people know who are familiar with his work, he did 73 LSD uh, 
right. trips over the course of about a 20-year period. And he, and, he, and he was very meticulous in his journaling about them all, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah and, and very meticulous in the way that he planned and um, performed these, uh, these so-called trips. They were not done indiscriminately. They were done in the most careful mm -hmm. and structured fashion possible. And it took him to some remarkable places and some remarkable realizations. Now, One of he, sort, like now he sort of also did the Dennis, uh, the McKenna kind of uh, approach towards really, um, like he did these alone for the most part, right? Well, he his uh, psychedelic experiences were certainly done alone, but he had, um, especially um, in the latter part of that 20-year period, he began to engage with these leaders in the field, including uh, McKenna, I believe, and certainly Stanislav Grof, who was a direct influence on his, his experiences. So... Uh, but getting back to this male-female yeah. connection and uh, and our connection to a deeper process, I'd like to read the, the following quote. Please. It's um, from LSD in the Mind of the Universe, mm -hmm. Diamonds from Heaven, page 129, and it's under the subtitle Cosmic Lovers. Mm. And I quote Basia's work here. Quote, I was taken back to the beginning of creation and there experienced human evolution in the context of a larger cosmic process. Suddenly, I was overwhelmed by the most extraordinary love, a love unlike anything I had ever encountered before. It was as if a dam had burst and love was coming at me from every direction. So much love that I could barely take in, take it in, even in my expanded state. It was a romantic love, cosmic in scope and intensity. As I stabilized under the amorous assault, I began to remember a romance from deep within my history, an ancient love, a divine love of unbelievable proportions. I was a cosmic being, being loved by another cosmic being. Though at one level I had never been separated from my lover, at another, at another level we had been separated for billions of years, and my return was rekindling our ancient love. Creation seemed to be a reality that had come forth from a dynamic relation between two cosmic beings who had themselves emerged from a primal unity. One being, who felt more like a she had plunged herself into the task of creating space-time and the physical universe, knowing in advance that she would eventually lose her self-awareness in the work and become unconscious of her true nature for billions of years. The other being who felt more like a he had remained fully conscious outside of space-time the creating half had voluntarily submitted to this long and painful isolation in order to create the raw substance of the physical universe, which would in time become a trans would in time become transparent to divine intention as matter evolved into increasing self-awareness. Hmm. With the phase of this work now largely complete, 
The self-imposed exile was coming to an end, and the lovers were at long last being reunited. Mm. Wow. Wow. Sounds like a good a good journey. Well, it's the cosmic goo. I love I mean, it. <laughs> you know, I think to, you know, the average human being and, and to really any of us, even those of us who are more inclined to this kind of, of, of possibility, it seems almost unbelievable. Um, he's talking here about contact with uh, dimensions of such immensity and of, of such power and reach that we cannot fathom it with our, our normal human conception. Hmm. At the same time, he is having these direct experiential encounter with forces that are beyond uh, our immediate uh, awareness and yet apparently in his experience. Hmm. And this is something that is reiterated in Kuravan's and Bering's work in, in hmm. their own, from their own standpoints. It stands back as the origin, the very foundation of earthly existence, and it is the process through which we are moving. We have, like the, the divine feminine in this context, we are part of that. We are children of the Great Mother, and we too have forgotten, as Beish outlined, this original agreement made billions of years ago by these two uh, archetypal entities. Mm. And apparently the agreement was that the awareness of one's true nature on an earthly level was necessary and agreed upon by one half of this union as part of bringing the earth and, and, and the physical cosmos, the universe into being. But the ultimate goal, and this is absolutely aligned with Kuravan's findings mm -hmm. and bearing as well, is that there is a creative intelligence at work in the universe that lies behind everything that has mm -hmm. unfolded. And we are part of a master plan by which eventually human beings as part of this extraordinary process mm -hmm of billions of years of evolution ultimately serve as the vehicle through which mm -hmm. aspects of the divine are brought into fruition on the earthly plane that's beautiful and i i you know i i while you were talking when I, while i was hearing uh this i i sort of had a moment where i felt like i was being birthed i had a birthing moment you know it's sort of you know, where where the the man becomes the woman and the woman becomes the man, and you know, here we are entwined, and here we are giving birth, and here we are naturally wanting to suckle, and wanting to be a part of the mother. You know, to be fed, to be nourished, to be cared for, and you know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and yet at the same point, I have as I speak and as I listen to you. And as I hear about this, you know, imperative, this divine imperative, um, I have uh, angst and I have, uh, you know, uh, uh, some trepidation and some fear that we're stuck in this mechanistic view that really is very, um, you know, reductionist and has us, you know, just heads down on for the whole, for the for the mass you know uh, that are, are entwined on the on the 
on the on the rabbit wheel or the mouse wheel or the whatever you call it the rat wheel uh, you know that are entwined on that just to just to survive so i'm i'm wondering where the you know where you know cosmology would say astrology would say that we're sort of on the verge of some massive changes and some you know some and certainly when we look at what's happening in the realm of psychedelics and psychology and the ability for people to move into states of consciousness with you know meditation or spirituality or psychedelics you know uh, we have some opportunities there but uh, I'm wondering from your view you know how 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 do we really you know together we've got Chris Basha's work we've got Anne Baring's work we've got Jude Coravan's work together it's it's you know they they offer a real comprehensive understanding of the personal and the potential for transformation right but you know how do we you know is there a are, are are we are we are we in the midst of a shift and what and what might that look like that people can reclaim their authenticity as you know beings of the planet planetary beings you know universal beings you know taking care of the stewardship of mother earth planet earth so i think this is really the central question of our time hmm. i think that we are in our present states all of us we we live in a sense of of, of dualism the separation between i and other hmm. and this of course is understood as a complete misunderstanding of our true nature. We are absolutely an integral part of this broader uh, process, this broader divinity. Um, we are atoms in the great mind of God, in essence. And yet on this earth, as part of this billion, multi-billion year process, Curvan suggests it's been 13.8 billion years in the making that brings us to the present and to this threshold of the potential for actually merging macro and microcosmic dimensions so that there is a greatly expanded sense of what you're talking about this unified um holistic sense of inherent divinity which mm. is our nature which is our birthright and yet for the most part is largely absent from the world i mean we look at the history of the world and we see tremendous suffering tremendous uh anguish wars famines all kinds of of uh, the raping of the earth mm -hmm. um so exactly how we get there and how it will look that's a great question and i think that's still unfolding but i do think this um that we are part of something that will breathe itself through us mm -hmm. in any case mm -hmm. we are in the embrace of the great mother and she and these other profound forces that are at work will by nature guide us as they have been throughout and so it's not so much that we have to act as i would suggest wake up to the presence of who we really are and to become co-creators with this 
immense creative intelligence, which is our origin of which we are children, but of which we are also part and parcel the same fabric of, of, of reality. Hmm. And so I think we are headed for a reunion, a kind of divine marriage, going back to uh, Beisha's story a moment ago, mm -hmm. between these two tremendous cosmic forces. I think the divine feminine, after billions of years, is waking up mm. on Earth, and she is waking up through human beings mm -hmm. in our sense of being a part of a, a, a broader unified field, a broader unified and divine intentional consciousness mm -hmm. that has been guiding this process from the outset. Mm. To awaken to that is to become empowered by it and to merge with mm -hmm. aspects of its divinity, of its power. Mm. How that will look, how that manifests in a given person or in a, in a given period as we move forward in the decades to come, wonderful question. And, and I don't have that answer, but what I do think is this. There are so many convergences occurring and, and arising and unfolding at the moment between these various disciplines. And we're seeing so much of an overlap um, coming mm -hmm. in relation to the sense of a unified field of human beings belonging to this immense creative intelligence and that this notion of a separate self is beginning to increasingly fall away. Mm -hmm. It will, however, quite naturally involve degrees of conflict and, and strife because we are dying to ourselves and mm -hmm. dying to our own limitations and dying to the old paradigm that you mentioned, this 300-year mm -hmm. period of scientific materialism, the mechanistic mm -hmm. paradigm which has so divided human beings from nature from each other and from its own deeper divinity yeah yeah we're you know uh i think the whole idea of us being organic be you know organic beings rather than mechanistic beings where you kind of you know replace a part rather than deal with the underlying emotions that you know created the cancer you know you take out you take out the cancer but you don't cure the heart of the individual or the trauma that might be resident there and i i speak to that as a two-time cancer survivor who you know went into integrative health and looked at you know all these integrative paths um, and i i think there's something there that you've mentioned that is you know really important here because bearing curvan and basha's understanding of the divine really emphasized the importance of embracing the feminine qualities within ourselves Right. You know, and here we are, you know, and this is especially true for men. Right. Women, for the most part, you know, are able to have emotional literacy. They for some reason, I don't know if it's, you know, some papers say that the brain is wired differently between the left and right hemisphere of the you know, I, I don't I think it's a socialization factor more than anything else, perhaps, or a cultural thing, or maybe it's just a maybe it's just a. A, a maternal thing but they believe that you know 
having that feminine quality can lead to transformation, which is the key theme in Beisha's work. And, you know, Bering and Kuravan also explore this role of divine feminine in spiritual awakening. I'm wondering from the viewpoint of your your viewpoint, where do you see this happening? Is Because I'm still stuck. Honestly, I, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. I thought that the Equal Rights Amendment was ratified. I thought that women were equal. You know, I've 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 thought that all of my life. That women are not only equal but they're superior in many ways because they can create. They give they 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 have motherhood. They they're able to, you know, and it's true they do live longer and men are, you know, oppressed in many ways in terms of wars, in terms of, you know, repression, depression, suicides. You know all of this. I mean, you know, men are—they're—they're they're not winning out here. You know, they—they they got a problem. So, let me just stop there and, and and let you kind of pick up from where I'm at and see. You know, what do you what do you think about all that stuff? <laughs> well, uh, you know, this is a, I think another key point. It's it's we're being called now to be um, more androgynous beings. Mm to integrate the male and the female. If we were to, to just very briefly kind of generalize um, a, you know, the qualities that, that can be aspired to each on a human level, I think the male is um, more cognitive by nature. There is also more of a, a physical thrusting out into the world, um, almost um, the desire to, to conquer and to, to control. Um, as part of our adaptation to physical environments, but also we see this just in world history, the, the constant battles, which are again and again, really the result of, of the male attempting to expand his domain. Um, personally, I think this is an unconscious misdirection of the broader process of expanding your consciousness, but that's a subject for another time. Um, women by nature are relational <laughs> and they have as you mentioned i think a higher level of emotional intelligence they have the capacity as do men in a different way but i think there is a, a more natural inherent capacity for empathy for compassion for nurturing for caring but relational in its its most essential form the understanding that they are part of other human beings there really ultimately is no separation between us and the more that you feel that intuitively and intuition is a big part of of, of the feminine character i believe the more you by nature wish to engage your fellow human beings as equals and as members of a broader family and in its highest potential yourself you mm -hmm. are i am you and you are me we are we derive from the same origin and ultimately we share on the highest cosmic level there is no separation there is this this unity Mm -hmm. I think women are more inclined to this awareness mm -hmm. and certainly more inclined to a compassionate and relational um, understanding of, of human beings and of, of the world at large. We think of nature as being feminine, 
um, all of nature is a unified field <laughs> of which human beings are but a part. And again, I. Um, is it socialization? I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in here because I'm, I'm wondering about like, you know, is it socialization? Because I feel like, you know, I feel like if you get men together, you know, I'm a Iron John, I'm a kind of a, a believer in, you know, the um, idea of men coming together and men, you know, really like, I think there's a hunger that we've got that really has not you know, it's a it's a hunger for other men. It's a hunger yes. that of community of brothers. It's a hunger to come together and to band together as brothers. You know, in the in the in this experience, and we don't men aren't. You know, we 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 come together and like our social mores are such that you know we can't come together unless there's a game where people are fighting and we're on one team or another. You know, right. or some other outside element rather than coming together and talking about the challenges of, you know, of just being a man, you know? Uh, Absolutely. And, and that's a great question. And, and it's, it's important also to, to, I think, bring this point forward because Mm -hmm. by no means do I suggest that men are, uh, that we lack the capacity for tremendous a compassion and a sense of, of of the deep relational to the earth and to our fellow human beings, but I think it, it has historically been less uh, prevalent than with women. And I think what you just mentioned is exactly the process by which men are awakening to their so-called feminine side, what Jung would call the anima. And the anima is understood as the feminine aspect of a man's soul, through which he achieves a greater understanding of his psychic totality and of his inherent sacredness. And so I think this is part absolutely of what is unfolding. Men are increasingly, slowly but surely, um, moving more toward an understanding of unity, of relationship, of interconnection, and of being part of the great mother hmm. um, that we too quite naturally possess aspects of both the, the, the masculine and the feminine. And this is the whole point of the merging of opposites hmm. in both Jungian and Tibetan Buddhism, Jungian's work and mm-hmm. in Tibetan Buddhism. Um, this is essential. And, and that's why it is so important, I think, as we move forward to be able to deactivate or deprogram some of these very concretized notions of masculinity mm-hmm. and notions of humanity. Um, we're so stuck in not only what it means to be a man as we inherit this from right. our culture, but also we live in a dualistic mindset which is inherently Hmm. anti-feminine because the the divine feminine is all about a unified totality a unified field and Hmm. the more we can lessen and and loosen Hmm. the notion of being separate entities and merge with our fellow human beings and with the planet and with the cosmos, the more we touch the divine feminine, the more we connect with who we really are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, if 
Daisha's earlier quote from the book that I shared a bit back is any indication this is part of a broader plan. It was part of an intentional evolution through physical matter, Hmm. which over billions of years, as articulated by Kuravan and Bering from their own unique perspectives, has brought us forth to this this time in history. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that we awaken to the divine feminine as the mother Mm -hmm. of our origin and the mother of this physical creation. And it's the merging of the macrocosm and Mm-hmm. The microcosm, as you alluded to earlier, that is the work of our time. Mm. We must find a way or we must simply surrender to the old paradigms, both socially and and, and gender based, mm-hmm. and allow ourselves to take in and mm. to to embody this 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 love, this mm. immensity, this mm-hmm interrelationship which connects all things mm. beautiful and i you know I, I i don't know if this is part of the you know the 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 sort of the movement of uh, really understanding gender fluidity understanding pronouns understanding you know that the man is in the woman and the woman is in the man kind of concept or construct that you know it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day love is all that really matters right you know love is love and love needs to be honored and that you know for the most part has gotten the uh, affiliation the greater affiliation with the divine the feminine the mother the creation the whole idea that you know the patriarchy and you know the two three hundred years of the patriarchy and you know uh, Newtonian science has really done a lot to mechanize or move us away from our own humanity, our own sense of love, our own sense of divine. But, you know, we can, uh, others can argue that point, certainly looking at, you know, the rise of the patriarchy, whether or not it's, you know, the from a religious context or whether or not it's from a social context, just because of the strength or, the, as you pointed out before, the differences. The physiological differences or the uh, inability to express ourselves so we uh, as men so we wind up you know conquering the world you know which uh conquering nature our own nature for that matter um i'm wondering um from you know because we're 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 looking at uh, all of this what you know potential criticism in what ways do um you know does the co- whole concept of divine feminine challenge these traditional patriarchal views of spirituality and religion because that is a good segue because here we got we we have this you know and and you know what are the challenges i mean because we've got you know i'm going out next month to the psychedelic science convention we're going to have you know, 7,000, 10,000 people there, scientists, researchers, doctors, there is this opportunity to expand consciousness. We're hoping, you know, that there's going to be legislation and, you know, adaptation throughout the psychological, you know, community, psychiatry community to go ahead and look at ways of dealing with these traumas. But it seems to me, it just seems to me that we've got challenges and you know part of that seems to me to be the you know 
the religious challenges you know there's we're still very this 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 transformation is still very in its inf very much in its infancy and yes. just like witches were burned at the stake you know uh, because they threatened the power structures i'm just wondering what the you know what the potentialities are here and how we have to nurture this so that it spreads in a very you know um in a very i don't know uh organic way that people say yeah of course this makes sense and again i think this is a wonderful point i think we are now as part of this awakening moving into a greater acceptance of the use of, of psychedelics as a way of, of healing and transforming people. This is nothing new. We know that thousands of years ago, uh, shamans and, and other people, other cultures were engaged in these very um, profound psychic processes, um, which often in, involved a deep healing for individuals or the community. Um, Beish's, you know, Beish entered into um, LSD therapy via Stanislav Grof's direct influence. And I'm and, going to meet him, by the way. I'll be meeting him next month. I'm in his workshop. He's fantastic. still alive, 94, 90. Uh, I think he's 94. Remarkable. I met him years ago when I was studying at CIS, where he was a, a professor, a very interesting guy. And his, you know, to people who. The OG. He, he requires no no further introduction, but he, he had a profound effect on Beish, and Beish entered into this process in part to heal his own inner shadow and his own complexes, and thought that it was, um, a, as well as to expand his understanding of the nature of reality, but it was a personal journey in the beginning. He had no idea that it would venture into these other hugely expanded domains ultimately into the collective mm -hmm. species mind as he describes it of humanity and all of these profound revelations um, all of these profound experiences contacts with ethereal beings mm -hmm. uh, uh, the waking up into dimensions that are beyond you know descriptions in human terms um, and yet again and again and again, he was taken guided by this creative intelligence that was unseen, but whose presence was utterly palpable. So powerful, so, so miraculous was it and its ability to take him into different dimensions mm -hmm. for him to encounter and experience those dimensions because they are so radically different from our earthly existence he had to die to his old self mm. it was a constant process of death and rebirth by which he would shed the skin of his old self be be it gender be it uh human identity be it uh his uh background education formative upbringing all of these things were absolutely stripped away and mm -hmm. they had to be in order for him to move into dimensions mm -hmm. which were completely different from mm -hmm. our normal identification mm -hmm. this is what we're being asked to do mm -hmm. in in a nutshell we're and this is what psych lsd psychotherapy does and that's why it has this great potential for therapeutic benefit 
it strips away mm -hmm. the ego's normal conception of identity as well as its defense mechanisms mm -hmm. and you you are taken into states of awareness and even other dimensional realities that completely expand your sense of of mm -hmm. who you are mm -hmm. and what your origin is this is the great potential that lsd psychotherapy has not only from a therapeutic standpoint mm -hmm. where people are able to more clearly experience and address their complexes and their shadow aspects but the movement into mm -hmm. expanded realities which are our nature mm -hmm. and to which we are normally divided mm. yeah i had uh uh i know we're we're running short on time i had uh justin henka who uh is the ceo from mind bio uh lsd uh, uh research company in australia and uh you know just uh some and and we talked uh on one of the podcasts going back and just the work and just the uh, awakenings that people have gone through the release of trauma the sense of being loved the sense of the ineffable the sense of their own agency you know um really having a sense of their own godliness if you yes. will that you know they were in charge of their reality that you know they could shed off the old skin and they could be rebirthed through this process i think is 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 just simply amazing and you know it's not just lsd it's obviously um you know uh lesser uh if you will uh when you look at ketamine which is not really a psychedelic it's more of a, a disassociative uh, uh agent but it acts in some ways or even some other things like you know whether or not it's peyote or whether or not it's ayahuasca whether all of these things not being legal but then you know looking at uh psilocybin or as you know uh, some people like to say psilocybin you know um the whole idea of you know just being able to see yourself or step away from the vehicle of your reality and then being able to change the tires on your vehicle you know so that whole idea i think is just uh, absolutely amazing and it's to me it's at the very we're at the precipice of some huge changes uh and i you know i don't know how much we're going to see in our lifetime but uh you know because it's a slow moving vehicle but uh you know i i i, I hope to see uh many of them um your work has been outstanding um you know i i judson you've just done some really amazing things uh in terms of your your breadth of work and your breadth of vision i'm wondering if people want to kind of explore a little bit more of not only your work but also the topics how would you direct them and where would you sort of point them well first of all i would would uh, encourage everybody to explore the work of the three authors that we have uh, been discussing today because i think they are profoundly influential and at the leading edge of this movement if people uh, wish to contact me directly they can do so through my website the institute of east west interdisciplinary studies and the web address is east-westinstitute.com and there they can access for free uh, my publications, some films that I've made. Um, I also offer um, spiritual counseling within the context of the framework that we've mm -hmm. discussed today. And I also offer a course on um, 
an integration and comparative study of Jungian depth psychology and Tibetan Buddhist Tantra. So those are things that I um, am involved in and, and uh, offer to uh, interested parties. Um, but I think um, in general, we are uh, seeing the convergence again of so many different voices, so many profound and um, powerful influences. And your podcast um, has a great many people as well who bring to light certain perspectives and understandings that we need so much at this crucial time. As you said, we really are on the threshold of what I believe will be a, a major transformation in human consciousness, and it may not occur in its most uh, profound sense in our lifetime, but we are certainly seeing the birthing, as you mentioned earlier, of of this process and the convergence of so many intriguing and inspiring voices. And um, it's just a, it's a great pleasure to discuss these things with you and to be a small part of that process. Thank you, Justin. Uh, you know, I, I I I just was reminded of in my in my visuals. You know, I get these visuals things cues coming in, but you know, the birthing process is not an easy thing. It's not like you sort of go in, you say, "Pop, there you go. There's the new. There's the new life." You know, I mean, it's it's a lot of sweat. It's a lot of tears. It's a lot of streaming. It's a lot of pain. There's blood. There's it's you know, it's 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 not you know, it's not a it's not pretty. You know, and it does hurt and there's pain and there's crying. So yes. I can't imagine that, you know, this is going to be an easy process, throwing out the old, bringing on the new, you know, we're going to have fractions on both sides, kind of trying to hold on to the old order. But I do believe, as you say, we're at the precipice of this shift and we're feeling it, we're seeing it, you know, and it's, uh, it's certainly happening in the psychedelic community as we start to take a look at legalization as we start to move towards individuals who are saying you know enough we've had enough let's go ahead and you know let's let's throw off the old let's try to find a new way of doing things so spirituality totally the the idea i love joseph campbell's quote the difference between religion and spirituality is like the difference between the menu and the meal you know, uh, right. you know and uh, I think that we're all, you know, really hungry for this. So I thank you for opening up the door and, uh, you know, le lengthening out the conversation. Again, Ann Baring, Jude Coravan, and uh, Dr. Chris Bache, uh, all of them uh, wonderful uh, talking about the subject. And uh, Judson Davis, uh, thank you so much for your information and your insight. Again, thank you for coming back onto the podcast and exploring these realms of uh, consciousness that we all need to or all want to go ahead and look at. Thanks very much, Keith. It's, it's been a pleasure yet again. And I want to thank you for all the good work you're doing. And, you know, we're all in this together. So um, let's keep moving forward and, and make it happen. Amen. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We have other exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. For more mindfulness tips and tricks, visit our website at workmindfulness.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience. This is Keith Fiveson.